you're listening to Air Intelligence, a Field Controls podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our live conversation today brought to you by Field Controls. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. We're thrilled to have you along with us here for this conversation as we dive into what you need to know for the rest of 2021 and how you can kind of get back to normal. And we're looking at this from an air purification standpoint, and we're talking to the air purification experts here today just to learn a little bit more about what facilities can do to reopen and to keep people safe during this time. And joining me here today is Gareth Lewis. He's a portable air purifier product manager for Field Controls. Gareth, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Gareth, let's kick things off and just learn a little bit more about you, first of all, uh, and also Field Controls. So, give us a little bit of a background on Field Controls as a company and tell us a little bit more about uh, who you guys are. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So, to a little background on Field Controls as a company. We've been around since uh, 1927, so almost 95 years. We're based in Kinston, North Carolina, where our office is in most of the manufacturing. Um, we also have a manufacturing facility in California. In, and we specialize in air treatment technologies and products uh, for commercial and, and residential applications. Uh, we initially started long ago working on products for boilers and, and removing boiler exhaust fumes out of homes. Uh, and then we, we grew into also developing products uh, for bringing fresh air into the homes. Uh, and then after that, the third part, we started working on filtering, purifying, and, and cleaning uh, air as it um, inside the home. So we we really cover all aspects of indoor air. So removing poor air, bringing fresh air into the air, bringing fresh air into the home, so diluting that poor air, uh, and then also cleaning air that's already inside the home or the building. Quick background on myself: uh, yeah. mechanical engineering background. I started my career at a GE Power working in the design and, and servicing of gas turbines. Uh, I spent you know, several years developing and rolling out different kinds of technology to service these gas turbines around the world. Uh, and then I, I got to the point where I wanted to move in a different direction. Uh, last year, I, I joined Field Controls and, and moved from you know, gas turbines, which are not that great for air quality, uh, into focusing more on improving air quality. And uh, as you, Tyler mentioned, I'm the portable air product manager um, and it's been a, a really interesting time to get into the air quality space. Um, I've been learning a ton since I joined from the experts within our company, um, as well as all the recent developments in this space focused on indoor air quality. You know, I, I took for granted before I joined and have never really thought about indoor air quality, but I think on the top of mind of a lot of people and, and what COVID has done to us is, is really highlighted the importance of indoor air quality and beyond the virus, but also kind of overall health impacts that poor air quality has had on us. And, and as time goes on, I think, you know, we're going to see a lot more focus on indoor air quality. You know, I think that's absolutely right, Gareth. The, the more that this um, that, that people have been getting considering just what exactly has been going on over the last year and a half, I think the more it's yeah. led people to consider indoor air quality and it's become a larger and larger theme and a bigger topic of conversation for yeah. sure. And so I, I think you're absolutely right about that. And as facilities and as businesses or schools, mm -hmm. all of these different uh, types of companies look to reopen or start to put plans in process to hopefully reopen soon. Um, yeah. What sorts of things should they be considering? Are there any guidelines provided by organizations that provide strategies uh, for improving indoor air quality and things along those lines? Yeah, yeah. So um, we are getting closer and closer and things are really opening up. And, and when you are a business owner in a school or organization and, and you're looking to open up 
the three really trusted and reputable sources that uh, to look for are, you know, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, the Environmental Perfect, uh, Protection Agency, the EPA, uh, and ASHRAE, the American Society for Heating, Refrigeration, Air Conditioning Engineers. And all three, they have their own kind of expertise uh, and they've all developed their own set of recommendations, guidelines, strategies to address the current COVID-19 situation, uh, as well as improving overall indoor air quality. And coming from outside, uh, which I have experienced, you know, these these guidelines and recommendations can be pretty confusing. And so, um, Tyler, one of the things that we wanted, or one of the reasons we wanted to hold this podcast was to help people and organizations kind of get that high level view of, of indoor air quality, help boil down these guidelines um, to help understand the air cleaning technologies, realize what to look for, so that we're all better prepared and, and can begin to reopen more safely. And, and so these, these three, the EPA, the CDC, and, and the ASHRAE, they all essentially boil down to recommending a layered approach to reduce your exposure and, and transmission of COVID-19. And um, if you think about a Swiss cheese metaphor where each individual Swiss cheese like has lots of different holes in it, but if you begin to layer these Swiss cheese layers on top of each other, you know the holes start filling up. And, and so that's similar for the approach that we're taking for air treatment. You know, the more and more layers we provide it offers more protection and greater reduction in transmission. And so again, the real the real challenge of this is that you know this virus is so minuscule, uh, it's invisible to the human eye. And, and so studies have shown that the transmission is through aerosol particles. Uh, and and so much like regular air pollution, and it's not really through surface transmission, which is why there's been such a strong focus on um, air quality. And so when we're talking about the three la- the layers of uh, air treatment, they go is you know controlling the source, increasing ventilation, um, and and using air cleaners. And when we're talking about controlling the source, it's typically the most effective way to improve indoor air quality is you know eliminating the source of the pollutant or the, uh, the virus. And so for COVID, that's testing, wearing masks, and quarantining. Uh, but for overall air quality, that's removing materials that emit the gases or harmful particles like new paint, cleaning chemicals, asbestos materials, gas stoves, things like that. And this is typically the more cost-effective method uh, than, the, than the two subsequent steps. And so if you can remove the source, that's great, but that's not always possible. And so the next layer is improving ventilation. Um, and that's what's diluting the concentration of contaminants in a space. And so, you know, bringing as much air, fresh air into the buildings and homes as possible through, you know, windows and doors, um, however, and, and also through the ventilation. But depending on the location you are in, if you know, if you're in Dallas, for example, Tyler, uh, in the summer, you're not really able to open all the windows and doors because it's too hot and it costs too much money to cool all the air. But if you're, you know, up north in the winter, you can't open all the doors and windows because it'd be cost too much to heat the whole place. So there are limitations to natural uh, dilution um, and ventilation. And so the other way is is through the system, the the building or home ventilation system. And and you want to increase the 
air being pulled in through the system as much as possible, and then increase the total airflow delivered to these occupied spaces, these classrooms, these office rooms, these conference rooms, things like that, cafeterias. And the pros of this is, you know, these systems, our homes, our buildings, they already have these large heating and cooling systems. So, you know, we have these built in, we can ramp them up, turn the fan on all the time uh, and get some more ventilation than we would normally have. Uh, the cons, however, are many schools have been working to reduce their energy costs and, and buildings and, and uh, businesses as well. And so, you know, ramping up this ventilation all the time is gonna increase your energy costs. And then following the CDC, the EPA and the ASHRAE, you know, they do recommend higher efficiency filter, meaning, you know, they're able to capture more particles in the air. And, and those are a, uh, a little bit more expensive. You know, you need to replace them more often because they are capturing more. Um, and because the, you know, they are more effective at filtering they're some of the wear out, some of the equipment costs in that ventilation. Um, and then and then schools and businesses have to replace them or upgrade their entire ventilation system to account for this higher uh, efficiency filters. And so there are some pros and cons to the ventilation. And then the, the last layer of um, protection is, is using air cleaners. And so that is cleaning the air as efficiently and as quickly as possible. And I mentioned, you know, using filters in your heating and ventilation system, uh, ASHRAE and EPA and CDC recommend MERV 13 and MERV 14. Um, MERV the, is the higher, the MERV rating, the number, the, the more efficient it is at, at trapping these materials. So MERV 13 is, or 14 is, is more efficient than uh, MERV 13. Um, but the other thing they also recommend is, is using HEPA portable air purifiers uh, in every room, in every classroom, in every office. Um, as well as UVC or UVGI, it's ultraviolet germicidal irradiation, um, to also clean the air as, as UVC uh, has been shown to inactivate the, the virus that causes COVID-19. Those, those last two, the, the ventilation and air cleaners, they, they really help overall clean uh, and provide air changes per hour in each of these spaces, and, uh, or you'll, you'll hear the, the term ACH, which is the rate at which volume in airspace is changed over in an hour. Um, and so the CDC recommends six uh, ASHRAE for, for hospitals and high occupancy based spaces recommends uh, six as well, as well with, uh, you know, a couple of some from outdoor ventilations and some from filtration and portables. Harvard Healthy Buildings uh, recommends four to six. And then the EPA defers to the CDC and the ASHRAE. So really to achieve that six air changes per hour, it's, it's gonna come from a combination of outdoor ventilation, as I mentioned before, uh, your heating and air conditioning units can typically add you know, one or two air changes. Um, but in order to get that six air changes per hour, you really need to get these portable air purifiers and the HEPA filters uh, to reach that at six, that additional air changes per hour. And in fact, the, the CDC recently had a study of K through five schools in Georgia that showed that these schools that, that use mass, that use ventilation, maximize ventilation and, and use HEPA filters were able to reduce, um, 
uh, their incident rate of COVID by 48%. So, so these, these things, these actions, these layers do actually help. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, this conversation is centering primarily around COVID-19, but we know that there are other contaminants in the air and we know that all the talk about indoor air quality isn't just about this current time, but also into the future now that we're more aware and now that people are certainly more interested in learning about indoor air quality and and the importance of it. So what are some of the contaminants in the air that that, that you're looking to purify in COVID times, but also non-COVID times, Gareth, and, and what are some of the effects of these contaminants? Right, right. That's a good point. I mean, it, the air quality is important right now, but it also be important, you know, at the, the time that we do get over COVID-19. And so contaminants can really be grouped into three different types. So you'll have particulates, uh, you'll have gases and chemicals or, or VOCs, volatile organic compounds. Uh, and then a third group would be microbiological or, or germs. And so looking at particulates, examples of that are pollen, dust, uh, pet, dander, smoke, things like that. And those can cause uh, asthma, breathing issues, and things like that. And then the second group of gases and chemicals, VOCs, the common ones that you'll hear of is formaldehyde or, or benzene. And these are common and, and known carcinogens. And the source of those are building materials, uh, paints, adhesives, flooring, new carpets cleaners and disinfectants, pesticides, and, and those can irritate eyes, nose, throats, uh, cause difficulty breathing, nausea, uh, and, and impact and damage our central nervous system as well as some other organs. So those are those can be pretty serious. Um, and then the third one would be the microbiological or, or germs. And those are, we're all pretty familiar with now is viruses, bacteria, molds, spores, uh, and those can obviously cause illness. Uh, allergic reactions, breathing issues, uh, and other health impacts. So those three particulates, uh, VOCs, gases, um, and uh, microbiologicals are, are really what constitute con- contaminants in air when we're talking about indoor air quality. Absolutely. So yeah, I want to circle back on, on what you were talking about uh, when it came to HIPAA filters earlier and also bring in another technology, and that's UVC. Talk right. to me about those two technologies and why they're effective and uh, and what people should be looking for when it comes to those two different technologies. Yeah. yeah so the CDC, uh, World Health Organization, ASHRAE, um, they all recommend and they all call out HEPA filters and UVC in their in their guidelines and recommendations. And, and the reason they do this is because these technologies are proven in effectiveness. Um, the first technology, HEPA filters or high efficiency particulate air filters, they're rated to capture uh, at least 99.9%, of these 0.3 micron particles. A lot of the reason for this 0.3 is, is a lot of the percentage of the contaminants that we are exposed to are in that range. And that size itself is, is really difficult to capture. And so that's why they're you know, their testing standard is 0.3 microns. So when looking at the current situation with COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2 or the the virus that causes COVID-19 is in the 0.1 range, but it's mostly transmitted in in droplets. uh, And these droplets are in the 0.2 to 100 uh, micrometer size. And so these HEPA filters, you know, they're shown to be effective in cleaning air um, in that 0.3 range. Uh, and so that would be, you know, that's why they are effective in capturing COVID-19 droplets. And then uh, the second technology, Tyler, you mentioned was UVC or, or UVGI. And 
UVC is a certain wavelength in the UV spectrum. It, it's been widely used for a long time in cleaning and sterilization applications, uh, specifically in hospitals. But what that the UVC energy uh, disrupts the DNA of a, a wide range of microorganisms and, and renders them harmless. So you know they're not able to reproduce, and therefore you're they're not infectious and not transmissible. So that's why you know these these reputable sources are calling out HEPA filters uh, and UVC as UVCs because they're proven uh, ineffective. That's really, really interesting. So now that we've kind of covered a lot of these technologies and covered some of the, the contaminants that are in the air and, and talked a little bit more about standards and, and what these organizations have set out as guidelines and recommendations, yeah. what do you recommend in an air purifier and in air, um, and what sorts of things are you looking for in an air purifier that you think other people should also be considering when it, came, when it comes to doing an effective job of protecting people who enter into their facilities? Yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, that, that last part we were talking about um, in the, these guidelines is these air cleaners. And what's been really popular is these portable air purifiers because they allow that the additional air changes per hour uh, that's recommended. And so the air purifier market was pretty crowded before uh, this COVID-19 epidemic, but and now even more so with this, this giant increase in demand. And and there's a lot of companies out there that have good products, but there's also a ton now that are selling kind of unproven, even possibly harmful technologies that are untested by industry standards. And so uh, the three things that us at Field Controls would recommend when looking at an air purifier is in, firstly, ensure that the product addresses those three air contaminants that, that I just mentioned before, the, the particulates, the gases, the VOCs, uh, and the microbiological. So, when you're looking to capture particulates, you make make sure it's HEPA filters um, for gases and and VOCs. You know, look for carbon filters uh, and also well as a PCO technology, which has been proven to reduce uh, VOCs. And then for microbiologicals, it's it's UVC technology. And so uh, that's the first thing to look at. Make sure that the technology or the product, the solution, addresses those three. Um, the second thing to look at is that it's demonstrated performance. And so, you know, with, with such a crowded space and making all these claims, you want to make sure that this product is proven effectiveness. So it's, it's tested against industry standards. The filters are tested to be HEPA. Um, the product for a portable air purifier product, um, it's gone through the industry standard AHEM or uh, American Home Appliance Manufacturing Testing. And so you'll see a little AHEM verified logo on the product. Um, and you can also look up the what what products are approved or verified by AHEM on AHEM's website, um, and then also that it's it's Energy Star certified, because a lot of these applications, your your you know these businesses or schools are not just purchasing one portable air purifier. They're you know several could be several hundred or a thousand across all the facilities, and so you want to make sure that these are energy efficient because uh, if they're not, they're really going to run up your energy bills. Um, and then the third thing is is safety. And so a lot of these products are ozone producing. And so you'll want to make sure that the product is non-ozone producing. Ozone is, is known to be uh, harmful. And so you'll look for CARB certification or CARB or California Air Resource Board certifications, um, which, which demonstrates that this has passed 
that uh, strict test by California that it does not produce ozone um, or, or UL2998. Um, and then from a safety standpoint also, just stay away from unproven technologies, plasma, ionization, dry hydrogen peroxide or, or hydrogen peroxyls that, you know, there's no industry standard to test them so they can make some bold claims that are not necessarily backed up uh, with a real true standard. Uh, and you can't really compare them, you know, apples to apples where you can with the uh, AHAN testing. Excellent stuff. So tell me a, a little bit more uh, about the Trio Plus portable air purifier that Field Controls has. What are some of the capabilities that it has and what makes it an effective product? Field Controls, uh, we launched the Trio Plus. It's actually sitting uh, right next to me here, uh, mid to late last year in the midst of the, the pandemic. And it's it's really been a perfect solution for classrooms, uh, medium to large size spaces and, and high occupancy because of its capabilities. Um, we've seen a lot of schools across the, the country select this product for the reasons that you know we've, we've talked through earlier. And um, it allows the schools to follow the CDC, EPA, and ASHRAE guidelines. It meets their recommended criteria of HEPA filters uh, and UVC technology. We have it proven, so it's, it's proven effectiveness. We actually had it tested by a third-party uh, biosafety lab in California and against the live SARS-CoV-2 virus or, or the COVID-19 virus, and, and it proved to have a 99.99% reduction in 30 minutes. Uh, and this is in a, a real-sized room, uh, whereas you know some of the other reports you'll find out there that have the 99 reduction is is really done in a small box, you know, that could fit on desk. So this was done in a, a real size room. The Trio Plus is AHAM verified. So, you know, it is uh, tested to industry standards uh, and you can compare that against, you know, all the other ones that are AHAM verified um, and it's Energy Star certified. And so even at its max speed, it's not pulling heavy amps. Uh, and so it's it's really, it does, it is energy efficient at the the max speed uh, which you're at. So. You know, it's it's high high airflow um, for its price, noise, and and size. So it's really it's been a great product for that. And then of course safety, um, it's ETL certified and it's carb certified. So it's it's ozone free. And so you know there are UVC products out there that are not necessarily um, ozone free. And, and so this we've made sure that this is safe from that standpoint. So this really brings together all of the various technologies and, and solutions that we've talked about up to this point into one product. And, you know, we, we mentioned earlier that it's portable, but before we actually started this broadcast, I saw you move it and it yeah. didn't look heavy at all. Like you moved it really easily. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's actually quite light. And uh, one of the features, I mean, we have an option that it is on, you can put it on wheels uh, or wall mountable. And so a couple customers have requested that, but, uh, but yeah, yeah it's, it's relatively light and easily moved. So before we start to wrap this thing up, Gareth, uh, are there any things uh, about uh, the Trio Plus portable air purifier that you want to mention or that we haven't discussed yet, be it technologies, be it capabilities, be it different use cases that you've seen up to yeah. this point? Uh, anything else that you want to talk about, uh, especially regarding uh, Trio Plus? Yeah, yeah. so um, you know, we've talked about the HEPA filtration uh, and the UVC technology, but if you take a step back and you look at the Trio Plus in general, right, it has... Uh, five stages of air purification. It, the air will come in and it, it goes through a pre-filter. So that's there to capture large particles, hairs and things like that. And that helps uh, elongate the life of the HEPA filter. And then, so after the 
the large particles, the air will go through uh, the HEPA filter, which is H13 HEPA, and that captures at least 99.97% of these 0.3 micron particles uh, and smaller. Um, so then that take care of the that first group I was mentioning of the particulates. Uh, the next group is you know the gases and uh, VOCs, and, and so we have a carbon filter that captures odor, odors and gases. Then the next stage of the purification is is ProCell technology. It's our internal patented technology um, that is a PCO catalyst. So it is excited by the UVC and, and reduces harmful chemicals and gases. Um, and then the last of the three groups of the partic particles that you're looking for are the um, contaminants is uh, particles, gases, and VOCs, and then microbiologicals. And so then that last stage of the UVCs, we have two powerful UVC germicidal lamps that help for the reducing germicides um, in that in the air purifier. And then, then the air is, is uh, treated and goes out. And so um, another couple things that I think uh, the audience might be interested in is, is that it does have a, a visual color-coded air quality indicator. And so you'll see on the top here, it's slightly, it's blue. It's difficult to see with the, the light in the room, but um, you can see from afar, you know, what the air quality is in the room. It's got a PM 2.5 sensor um, and that goes, you know, blue, green, orange, red, depending on the quality of the air in the room. And if you are on its smart mode, it will automatically ramp up or ramp down based on the quality of the air in the room. Um, it also has a, a timer that allows, you know, for example, teachers have been using this to set it on an eight-hour timer so that it runs for the, the course of the school day, and then uh, they don't have to worry about turning it or the facilities doesn't have to run around shutting all these down while, while school is not in session. Then there's a, a child lock feature, which has been uh, helpful for some of these uh, younger uh, schools. Um, K through five and, and lower where, you know, so children aren't going up there and, and changing the, the speed and things like that. So um, overall, I, you know, Field Controls is really proud of this product's performance. Yeah, you've done an incredible job just laying out the uh, the challenges associated with indoor air quality and how this product really meets and matches and exceeds those challenges and exceeds the different things that uh, that have been recommended by the various organizations like we talked about earlier and, and so i think you've done uh, just an incredible job explaining the benefits that this product can provide um, gareth i want to toss it back over to you just yeah. to give us any final thoughts uh, whether it's contact information how people can get in touch or anything we haven't touched on yet or, or even just a closing thought a closing statement here yeah. to wrap us up today so gareth floor is yours. Take it away, man. Thank you, Tyler. So uh, in closing, right, the want to just highlight the CARES Act, which is, is funding for schools. Schools are still receiving this, this funding and states are still releasing it. So there's a lot of these guidelines and recommendations that are still being implemented right now. Uh, I hear schools are planning on spending some of this funding into 2022, 2023. So, you know, there is still opportunity to, to integrate and follow these recommendations as we begin to, to reopen safely. For those of you who are interested in learning more or, or want to schedule a demonstration or something like that, you know, please go to fieldcontrols.com uh, and, and go to the products and portables and that'll be uh, your Trio Plus right there and you can reach out and learn more as well. Um, and then lastly, uh, I'll be releasing, we'll be releasing a, a white paper that covers all of this uh, in much more great detail with, with links and resources and things like that to help. Um, so please sign up for the newsletter to, to make sure that uh, you receive it when we do release it. 
Excellent advice. Sign up for the newsletter. Look out for that white paper and head to fieldcontrols.com to stay up to date with the latest from the folks at Field Controls doing incredible things and helping uh, helping facilities reopen safely and uh, and and with the health and safety of their uh, their guests, their patrons, their students, their teachers in mind. And so go check out fieldcontrols.com to learn more today. Gareth, thank you so much for joining us here on this episode of the show and sharing your insight and expertise. Uh, you did a fantastic job just uh, breaking all this down for us. So thank, thank you, you once again, Gareth. Yeah, thank you, Todd. Appreciate it. Pleasure talking with you. Pleasure as well. And everyone, thank you for joining us here for this broadcast and for this conversation today. We hope you found it informative and educational. Of course, remember to go visit the website fieldcontrols.com and stay tuned for more. We'll be back soon with more content just like this. But for my guest today, Gareth Lewis, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.